Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. And Rotten Editor-in-Chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, dungeon editor. Dungeon editor. No dragons this week. Just no, the dungeon. That'll be next week. Right. Uh, this week we're going to talk about actually some big D&D news. And we're also going to talk about Soul Hackers 2, uh, Curse to Golf. But first, let's get into some news that we should all brace for. Because the Embracer Group has once again decided we're going to buy everything. Now, Lord of the Rings. All, all The entire Lord of the Rings IP, everything you've ever loved as a child, is now owned by a group in Sweden. Uh, among other things, too. I think they have also purchased mm-hmm. like uh, a, an unknown game company in the PC console space that they are refusing to divulge yet. Um, mm-hmm. They also own now Limited Run Games and Tripwire Interactive. But the big news here is definitely that Frodo has a new master. You know, I'm fine with this. Those Scandinavian countries seem to have their shit together in a lot of ways. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if if they uh, ran some things here in the United States, you know. So you want Gandalf to be a socialist is what you're saying. That's right. <laughs> Isn't he kind of one? I don't know. Isn't that really what Lord of the Rings is about? Yeah. It's, a- it's, not, about, it's not a commentary on World War II at all. No. It's oh, about- no that'd be ridiculous. That's right. It's very. I thought it was a thinking. case study on the uselessness of giant eagles. Yes. Or do you mean the That's uselessness of Frodo? Yeah, Frodo is also useless. Yeah. yeah. Samwise is is the true hero of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. This is. Uh, at first, I was like, "Oh, this has to be just like maybe the Lord of the Rings games." Or something because like I, I think still of games mostly with embracer group but you know mm-hmm. they do own like you know comic books and prop making companies and stuff so they're kind of all over and this is in fact like all of the lord of the rings like films movie like tv shows they're in all of the rights every bit yeah not quite all of it but close to it the majority they, they own the main people. stuff they own the lord of the rings and the hobbit yeah. not the other stuff yeah. When can I start my hashtag release the Beatles cut for the for the Beatles Lord of the Rings movie that got canceled? Oh, that's right. Oh, was that a thing? I forgot. Yeah, the Beatles yeah, wanted to was a make thing. a movie was like, where like, they started it. Oh no! Yeah, like Ringo was gonna be Aragorn or something. It was. It just. It was a wild idea. <laughs> they, did they not call it Lord of the Ringo? God, no. Nope. <laughs> No, no, that, way, that, no that was a different one that went direct to DVD. <laughs> it was recent if it went direct to DVD. Yeah, I mean, it was in a certain section of the movie store. Mm. <laughs> the, the section no one dares go to. Yeah. No. You yeah. don't just walk there. So, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings news is absolutely huge. I got to say, the limited run guys have got to be so happy for for as much as you know. They'll always talk about how what they do is thanks to the people who purchase, and you know they're able to to create more content because of how well they've been going. But now, if they have Embracer Group kind of behind them, um, I wonder. You know, I hope that that means that they're going to be able to do a lot more to to help indie companies. Uh, indie developers um, publish their games on more platforms. It'll be lovely to see. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and I hope it'll help with their timelines too. Um, because it, it does take a, a pretty long time to get stuff from them. Um, I think it's almost been 12 months since I ordered my Knights of the Old Republic from them. Mm. Um, and I've seen similar complaints from others recently. So hopefully this is an opportunity for them to build a more efficient pipeline, maybe. Yeah. Um, and alleviate a lot of those frustrations that gamers have been voicing lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does make you have to wonder, though, like, yeah, I I do hope that that purchase helps limited run. But Embracer also has a lot of other kids to take care of, right? Like, mm-hmm. like truly, their their list of things they own is massive. Like, they're like a NFL they've embraced player. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot. So it's almost like when they own this much, I don't really know functionally how much is really going to change at limited run or at Tripwire or with the Lord of the Rings IPs, right? Like. Is it just we see a splash screen of Embracer before a movie? You see the little Embracer group logo on your next limited run game, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't sure. know how much it'll really affect. Yeah, that's true. Whether it's just like a purchase in name and then they let the kids go off and do their own things and just make sure to, to remember their mother when they publish content (laughs) from what i understand of embracer they're pretty hands-off too so it's really it's really just financial backing i think is that you know we own you now and here's money to grow faster and in result bring profits to us um because i think a lot of the companies that have been purchased by embracer haven't functionally changed at all um that I can think of. Most of them are just kind of, I'm sure they've got like a division head for each section. That's like, Hey, how's things going? What can I do to help? And that's probably the, mm-hmm. the brunt of it. And that's like the perfect investment strategy for most companies is like, okay, I get financial backing and I'm left to just kind of be how things have always been um, mm-hmm. without being forced into, you know, private investment saying you need to do this. You need to do that. Um, it's just helpful more than anything. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it almost makes you wonder, you know, should we start making like a an Embracer bingo card? You know, like... <laughs> Who will they absorb maybe, next? Yeah, keep an eye out. Because, I mean, this isn't the first major acquisition of the year. Like, Crystal Dynamics was this year, right? Along with those mm-hmm. other formerly Square Enix uh, companies. And I'm trying to think of like when the last big one was before that. I want to say it was like mid-2021 maybe but i don't know because i think that was the one where they got like uh dark horse and the borderlands and didn't they buy asmodee not long ago too yeah yeah well one thing to call out too and i can't remember if this was part of it um embracer recently announced that the knights of the old republic remake is being moved away from asper aspire um as well to saber interactive so that's Mm. interesting as well yeah yeah i mean it's saber interactive huh Mm -hmm. yeah looking at their wikipedia page now that's that's kind of ludicrous how much they have that they have like purchased absorbed taken taking control of um 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's or sorry, lot. not Saber Interactive to an unnamed studio within their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Gearbox. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Claptrap to show up. That <laughs> <laughs> famous Star Wars droid Claptrap. Yeah. Instead instead of the, the droid in, in the first one, it's just it's fucking Claptrap. Yeah. <laughs> Some, that would actually be really funny. Right. Star Wars and Borderlands worlds come, you know, some stupid multiverse bullshit. That's or, popular now. Yeah, the cell shaded planet. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> you, they've you always been the same. Yeah, you find out that handsome Jack's last name is Skywalker. <laughs> Jack Skywalker. Oh, no, Palpatine. Another another one of his kids. He's got lots of them. <laughs> Handsome Jack Palpatine. Uh, yeah, when yeah. do we when do we get the Embracer Smash Bros. like? <laughs> oh, the big crossover it's fighting to do game. like the like the multiverses kind of thing, and yeah. just a new big crossover wait, fighting game. Wait, Isn't multiverses have Gandalf? Uh, no, going no. to which game was that? Uh, that's uh, Fortnite. Was it Fortnite? There's rumors that there's going to be a, a Lord of the Rings collab uh, cool. in the next week or two. I thought okay. it was part of that Multiverse League forever ago before it came out. Maybe. Well, I mean, I feel like Fortnite just gets everything. I mean, they got fucking Goku last week. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. Can you imagine uh, fucking Gandalf? They bring Gandalf in or like Frodo and he does a fucking Kamehameha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see this post on Reddit this morning. I was like, the state of gaming, and it's just Indiana Jones doing a Kamehameha to win and get a victory royale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. It's off the wall, and I, I love it's it. The like, best you part. Just, you're letting all of this stuff like mash with just absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. Fortnite has managed to accidentally become um, like the the most mainstream version of like vr chat or um uh, or facebook's horrendous like horizon social media thing with the the yeah. dead lifeless avatars mm-hmm. uh, just you know i've seen so many people doing some of the dumbest shit like oh you know there i was as you know this character through a kamehameha at um at naruto and then rick sanchez showed up and healed him up and they managed to build a wall and defeat me. I just like yeah. that's not a sentence that should exist. Yeah, that pickle man's fucking no, funny, it man. Should exist. <laughs> that's the that's the whole point of games. They need to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Otten, I'm so glad you discovered that little gem Fortnite a month ago. Like, you I know, think the more I learn about this new game, the more it's like you know I like the direction the industry's heading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's a qu- here's a question for everyone: If Embracer did make a Smash Bros, who who would be in it? Like you got Lara Croft. Lara Croft would definitely be in it. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, what's his face from Day Six? Oh, okay. Adam Jensen. Adam, there you go, Jensen. Adam Jensen. Yeah, and and every time you do something, he's like, "I didn't ask for this." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would need to find like the. Oh, you can have the goat from Goat Simulator. Yeah. yeah. They just call him the goat. G dot O dot A dot T dot. Yeah, that would really work. Yeah, they could. You could get probably like Aragorn, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. 
or Gandalf. I mean, Gandalf would also be good. You know, you got your mage projectile type shit. Borderlands, Jack, Jack Palpatine. Yep, Jack Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Or Claptrap, maybe. You'll put Claptrap in Fortnite. That yeah, would be, be annoying. Absolutely hilarious. Now they've got the. Does Killing Floor have a main dude? I don't know. I just know that the game exists. No, they just have like a cast of. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about them. I don't know. Maybe they just you play as one of the big zombies or something, like a flesh pound or something. For limited run games, they just you're some kind of you're just a box video game box that has different <laughs> skins of games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, like I'm trying to find just like a list of like this is this is the games that technically count as being published, and I just cannot find one. Oh, uh, Darksiders, uh, the the uh, yeah. Rage in three, or is it Fury? F- yeah, yeah, Fury. Fury. I think was her name. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, good old Embracer. Just has so much shit under the roof. Yeah, the Biomutant guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> Biomutant. <laughs> Hell yeah. Discount Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, in other news, lots of big stuff happening in the tabletop realm this week. Uh, that that little known Dungeons and Dragons game. Don't let your kids play it because they'll get into Satan if they do. Um, they're getting an update called. So far, it's just a code name, I believe. Right? It's not like technically yeah. the official name yet, but it's called One D and D, or it's an update to D and D Fifth Edition. Which, if you've listened to literally any D and D podcast in the last year, they play D and D Fifth Edition probably. Um, this is an update to that, or it's also going to be backwards compatible and forward compatible. So it's all going to work yeah, together. So it's, it's probably going to be closer to how there was like a 3.5 edition. Um, though it does seem, you know, if, if there's anything similar to the way that the rest of the industry and software is going, I'm kind of wondering whether Dungeons and Dragons is going to be moving into a kind of platform as a service. Mm. Um, they've already, you know, since 2014, they've already released just a ludicrous amount of official content. Um, so to have this one D and D and to have like already been looking at what they were doing with previous player races, um, with the release of Mordenkainen presents the monsters of the multiverse, they had kind of rebalanced a whole lot of the big bads. They had rebalanced a lot of the races, to begin planning for this forward backwards compatibility thing. Um, it does kind of mean that at the moment, you know, in terms of character creation, that we've got like three different ways that you can create a character depending on like whether you want to use the original content and the original books, this kind of intermediary step that fifth edition is currently in. Or you can look ahead and see what you do or do not like about one D and D. But I mean, it's it sounds like a whole bunch more options. Things that you like, you can use. Things that you don't like, you can ignore. Um, you know, it's such a great part of D and D as house games is just make your own shit up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like like people should come up with rules that they play in their own house for these kind of games. I, I don't know what you would call those. 
but no clue. I think that yeah. the concept is clearly you call incorrect. them amendments. Amendments. Yeah. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Abode amendments. Yeah. But so far, like I've you know I had a chance to take a look at all of this playtest material. I think what they're doing here is really cool. They're um, making backgrounds much more important, which really lets you like explode out. Um, you know what your options are with your characters. They've moved the ability score increases off the race and into the background, which just makes more sense. Yeah. It's not like the fact that you're human that lets you have an extra stat here or there. But if you've been like in gladiator gladiatorial combat since you were, you know, a five year old kid, then of course you're going to be stronger than than someone else you run into. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm I'm excited to see what's going on with it. Yeah, I think overall it's kind of made it looks like it's making the D&D experience more flat but in a good way where it's like you can kind yeah. of really customize everything to be the character that feels like you or like the character you want to play as, but the rules themselves are going to be customizable enough. You know, where it, you can still play with other people in the space instead of having to bring in all of these like house rules from home to like make yeah. your character work, right? Um, they're also, uh, the feats have changed. So at certain levels, you can uh, um, either choose to improve your ability scores or you can pick up a feat and the feat will just give you a new, a new character feature that you can perform. Um, that the feats now have, you know, prerequisites. The feats have different levels to them. Um, and there will also be some feats that are repeatable at the moment. We've only seen this stuff at first level, so nothing's repeatable and nothing has prerequisites, but they make a point in there to, to specify that like, Hey, if you, if you picked a feat and during the course of play, you lose whatever the prerequisite is, then you cannot use that feat. Mm -hmm. um, that I had originally been thinking, well, I guess feats, will, uh, feats prerequisites will be like, okay, you need to be a wizard to be able to do this thing. But if they're talking about, you know, there will be prerequisites that you also lose access to, um, then I'm wondering that whether that will be something like situational in combat, like added flanking bonus when you are flanking with, you know, one of your friendly creatures or whether it's going to be tied to like equipment or your status. Like I, I think, you know, if there was a feature that would only trigger when you were in the poison status to like maybe create some kind of feat related to like drunken Kung Fu for mm. a fighter, I think that that would be a really interesting way to, to expand out and to create more powerful feats that you then might need to, you know, dock yourself in, one way or another right because um, i've always thought of like previous D D to be like if because I, if I remember right wasn't drunken fighter like one of the i forget the term for it but in 3.5 there was like master classes or something like that yeah like i haven't special. delved too much into three and four myself but it did it was that like after you were up to like a certain level in a certain class you could then shift and like start working into like a different class it was a lot more like mmo like mm -hmm. so yeah is this job system here we're we playing final fantasy now yeah so, that's the yeah, thing. so <laughs> it feels very job system -y, or at least it did before like yeah previous D, &D. um but i think 
it's a, probably a reason why Final Fantasy 14 does so well. Is like, sure, your job right now is like you're a, a monk, right? But then you can just kind of drop everything and like shift over to be another thing. And it kind of feels like one D&D is like not exactly that yet, but it's a little more freeform where it's like maybe you're a fighter. Sure. But you can pick up feats to do kind of a different thing, too. You know? Yeah. And like you can have like at the moment in fifth edition, because feats don't have any prerequisites, you can be a 100 percent like martial class. You just walk around with two axes and that's all you do. But you can pick up a feat that then lets you, you know, cast a cantrip from mm. a different like spell list. Um, and, you know, whether that does or does not make sense narratively in the story, that doesn't really matter. Um, but it might be that, you know, we start to see some more powerful feats, but you've got to like, you've got to be able to do something to get to that point. Um, yeah. So I think that it will it will help with power scaling more and allowing you to, to specify better. Mm -hmm. And pro tip, if you're playing with people that are like, um, that doesn't make sense in the story, actually, you're probably playing with the wrong group. Because <laughs> a fun group would be like, okay, we'll figure out how to make it work. You know? Yeah, it's like, oh, we can, we yeah. can work that. Yeah, um, exactly. But there were so many other D&D &D announcements this week. They're, they announced their like 2023 lineup, which looks huge. Um, they've got the new campaign book coming that also has a battle board game, but mm. like that you can get bundled with it. That <laughs> the the battle board game has the large battle scenarios from the campaign. So mm. it might be that you know you're playing traditional D and D. You get to a certain point, and there's a large battle about to occur. And okay, everyone like import your character sheet into this tabletop board game experience and now it's a big fight for that yeah um they got planescape coming um a whole bunch of source books on giants and a new anthology series that's specifically for heists so you can like do oceans-esque heists going on and D, &D beyond is getting virtual tabletop system and um like bundled physical digital deals yeah which is just I, huge that's exactly I, what people have been wanting mm -hmm. that virtual tabletop thing is probably the thing i'm most excited about because i think that just sounds like a really nice addition to D because i've always felt like you either have to invest a ton in figs and, and like physical maps or invest time and draw your own maps mm -hmm. or just have you know roll 20 do it for you or now D, &D beyond yeah. right and just seeing that D and D themselves wants to go all in on like, we're going to bring that experience to you instead of you having to bring that experience to us. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice shift, you know, and I'm curious how this is going to affect the D and D like community right now. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to be a bit of a, a bit of a landslide one way or another, like, you know, roll 20 definitely would still have the usability of it being all 2d. You know, if you have uh, a battle running and it's running in Unreal on your laptop or your desktop or whatever, um, you know, what will the system requirements be to play Dungeons and Dragons? Mm -hmm. um, it's just a weird question to think about. <laughs> yeah, this campaign book requires a GTX 1060 to play. 
Yeah. <laughs> to render um, the final battle. And then it'll also be interesting as they're adding to this virtual tabletop, like, are they going to pre-make the maps for you? Like, you know, if you get to that page in the book and it says, here's the location, here's where the fight's going to happen, here's where the different things are situated, um, then is it just going to be that you'll be able to, like, click on that encounter and it will take you exactly to that virtual map with those virtual minis or is there going to be a larger buy-in that you have to start doing to get mm -hmm. digital versions of your characters digital versions yeah. of the minis and stuff sounds like hell <laughs> <laughs> just i just it's, everything it's, about the modern monetization of shit is just a hellscape oh it's not the work that's going into it that sounds like hell to you yes okay so I was thinking like, yeah, it sounds like being a DM is going to be even more exhausting. <laughs> well, I mean, if if they do, like one of the things that they specifically stated is that they want to help the lazy DM because all DMs are lazy. Mm -hmm. That if it is all built in and like you buy the physical book and it comes with a code that you redeem and you've now got access to all the digital shit, I'm sure that the virtual tabletop will be tied to like the subscriptions that they have. Right. Um, but I don't know, as, as someone who already pays the subscription, I'm just excited for it. <laughs> as someone who's um, already in very deep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, to, to anyone who's interested in like wanting to get more into dungeons and dragons and is interested in D and D beyond, they literally have a, a weekly stream that they normally give away one to two of the legendary bundles, which has everything, absolutely every book on D and D beyond. Mm. Um, and you just like, you show up for the stream and you like put in a, a code when it comes up on the screen. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to win that. <laughs> um, but there's only like 200 people ever in the stream at a time like watching these these content updates um so like a, a one in 200 chance to get a thousand dollars worth of D, D books uh that's is probably worth your time yeah, if you're yeah, interested in it yeah like if you really want to just put in that little bit of effort right and you'll get it yeah yeah uh in other news dead island 2 is not dead yet maybe um allegedly possibly we've seen a leaked amazon listing of it where it had a release date of february 3rd 2023 for dead island 2. now you might remember this game as the uh the there's that one trailer where the guy is like running down the street and then some goats show simulator up three. And, oh sorry the other one where a guy's running down the street and some zombies show up Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, no, I'm with yeah. you now. Mm -hmm, that one, and uh, we haven't heard anything really since since that. I mean, it's been quite a while for Dead Island Two. Just kind I'm of. I'm gonna beat. try to. So it's been I've like nine up... years since we saw that original trailer. Yeah, yeah. The reveal trailer was E3. Remember that uh, E3 2014. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 2014. Um, I think I was still in college. Uh, I was still in college when that came out, um, and I am now 
married and in a career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the question is, will Dead Island 2 have grown up with you? Probably has not. It, has it matured? Since since that announcement, there have been children born that are now Indiana Jones Kamehameha people in Fortnite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's how old it is. Yeah. That's that's how old it isn't because it, it's not even out. It's true. Yet. We don't know yeah. it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's probably wild. real. It's, probably, uh, it's yeah. the new Duke Nukem forever. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I would I would very much love to see. How about this, this not this the armor? <laughs> in between yeah. in between the time of the trailer originally being shown and when it will supposedly be out, there will be kids that are older than the little girl who was thrown out of the window in the trailer for the first game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Here's what might hurt I, the most. This was announced at the first E3 that was covered by TechRaptor. We were literally founded the same year that this game was announced. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this is kind of our, our white whale uh, as a company. This. Hmm. God. I covered E3 by myself that year. That mm-hmm. was. Oh, yeah, and it shows. Dang. Okay. Dude, I've, I've I've gone back and looked at some of those old E3 Aren't covers. They bad. As as oh. someone who who joined Tech Raptor specifically with the idea of I'd like to cover E3, mm-hmm. um, man, your your one and a half sentences per announcement is some <laughs> low tier garbage. I think that yeah. we, I think that we have since removed them from the site for like no, to make sure there. that we're not. Oh, they are still there? Yeah, oh. I've been doing hey, a quality wants... audit, and uh, <laughs> most of my content is getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> Flagged as, like, really good quality, or, like, the best good. of the best, right? Yeah, this, this, all, this is all added <laughs> up to choice me. choice to be removed, yes. This all um, makes sense. This yeah. all makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah. Is it flag like, bad games we talk about? That's no. Most Only Elix, though. Can we remove all content related to that? I wish Drupal had a setting where I could just sort our content by author and then I would just select all and delete mine except for the last couple years. (laughs) Because uh, this started as a tech blog and... uh, Yeah, if you go back, we've got some weird, like, very tech, very error, like Windows or like... Yeah, we reviewed Windows 10 or something. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yes, I know. Was that you? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I got so much hate for that because I said I enjoyed it. Mm. I would have too. Did you give it a Windows ten out of ten? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that we scored it. I don't Nine remember. clippies out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so other de- fun Dead Rising ideas since the release dead of rising or dead dead, rising. dead island sorry not dead know, all these fucking zombies. we haven't games. seen that one in a while either one. to be fair we haven't, yeah it was like dead rising four and then eh. uh but since dead island one came out not one but two dying lights have come out the game that everyone mm-hmm. was like oh this is dead island open world we've yeah, seen two right. of those now yeah between the time and, de- and the- like dying like two was took a while <laughs> yes even <laughs> like it was delayed right like once or twice maybe yeah yeah we saw a kingdom hearts game come out <laughs> it's crazy 
how many have we? Because it's Kingdom been Kingdom Hearts. It's only been one. Well, yeah. I guess well, the mainline ones. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts yeah. three came out, and we have an announcement for Kingdom Hearts four. Yeah. Because yeah. twelve years ago was Dead Island, so that puts it at two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. To put that in perspective, uh, that's like the beginning of the MCU still. Iron Man Holy. was like just a I think, thing. Tw- I think 2010 was that when Avengers came out. I want to say no. 2010 no, was Iron Man. Iron Man was 2008. 2008 was Iron Man and Hulk. Oh my god! So Avengers was 2011 or 12, right? Like the I think, first. I think Avengers. it was 2012 because it was like four years that they built up to Avengers. Iron Man three. So that might have been Thor: Dark World. And those those are the only two. I guess Agent Carter too is part of that. But like mainline movies, though, were those were the two that came out in 2013. And and so that that would have been the third or the fourth MCU film. So that would have been like six or seven hours worth of MCU. And we now have over 100 hours of MCU content. Yes. And no hours of Dead Island and yet, content and yet, yet. They couldn't put out a fucking zombie video game. I feel like I could put one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making games <laughs> this hard. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> I'm trying to make a jump. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. No. I mean, this is the uh, game that notoriously had that song, Who Do You Voodoo, Bitch? <laughs> Lest we forget. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. so ironically, the first Goat Simulator came out in 2014. When the announcement for Dead Island 2, uh, Destiny came out in 2014. Yep. Uh, Sometimes I look at like past release dates and just think, holy fucking shit, there are so many games that can't come out and it's only ramping up. Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out in 2014, and we've we've had like 12 more of those. Like, when Dead Island 1 came out, more people had old-school flip phones, and now when Dead Island 2 comes out, more people will have flip smartphones. Yeah, And they'll be able to play Dead Island 2 on xCloud. When Dead Island came out, the iPhone was only like three years old. Yeah. (laughs) It was just finding its footing. Yeah. So, I wonder, I mean, knowing that it's been in dev life cycle for so long that so many other zombie games have come out i wonder how similar it might be to the original idea of dead island or whether they've been using this time to find out what their next evolution will be because like i mean when it was first announced who knows how far into dev they were yeah yeah, um, yeah. well but i guess according- they still would have had to have laid out a ground map by then yeah, according to the leaked Amazon screenshot, we know it'll be in Los Angeles <laughs> with six yes. playable characters and a brand new skill system, whatever that means. I hope it has some mm-hmm. new stuff. I do too. It's also yeah. got some really good screenshots that are not photoshopped at all. Oh, I know. I don't know. That, about that, that one. shot absolutely looks photoshopped like the the zombies just look out of place in it and not the correct size yeah so it's the lighting yeah the, lighting the, on each of them. the boomer in the back is also just yeah. like you know hey did you lose your mom like you're, you're so small and cute <laughs> wait rut, what are you or what are you talking about i don't see rut in that image stretch hey now <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call me a boomer the same week I got called a beta? (laughs) Yeah, you're a beta boomer. 
Oh, for no. full disclosure, for anyone who's listened this far, um, the uh, developer of Domina Game called me a beta on Twitter. Um, I don't. I can't even remember what. Like it was have so. You, have you tried not being insane. a beta? Yeah, this whiny voice is not helping the beta image. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe, oh, maybe try a different angle. I need you to stop. I need you to stop. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Comedy Central roast front lunch dog. Yet that's just our Slack. It's twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> we we have been roasting you particularly hard. We might need to cool it for a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I've gone an hour in the last week without being called a beta by somebody on the team. <laughs> hey, and and so how, do, how does call that you make a beta you feel? Because we care. <laughs> Yeah. we're just trying right. to develop that thick skin so you're not a beta anymore mm. <laughs> that's it i don't have thick skin by now after nine years of doing this shit yeah. there's you've no hope it. for me you've got to become the kind of chad that can floss and then kamehameha someone at the tipsy tower i can't floss my wife hey. makes fun of me for it. I lit it like I try, and then I'm just so uncoordinated that it just doesn't happen. Look at it oh, this man. way: you you might be a beta, but uh, Star Citizen hasn't reached beta yet, so you're at least better than that. <laughs> that's because Star you're... Citizen is too alpha. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's Fuck, true. I'm sorry, alpha first. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it backfired. Buddy. Yeah, uh, yep. Chad, Chad, Star Citizen. <laughs> My bad. It Shaking wins again. Down people for their lunch money. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a scam! Yeah, I'm wondering uh, if we're going to see the official Dead Island 2 announcement at Gamescom next week. I'm on the It things. seems like that's like for it to be a February release and there to be nothing talked about yet. Like yeah. the timing Wait. is a little right did, for did it to be a game react to Dead Island 2. That's our key. That's how we know. Jihoff. Mm. Yeah, Jihoff. Jihoff. Dorito Pope, hot Jihoff Summer. Did he say something? I don't, I don't think so. so. I'm sure I feel like I would have seen it in my feed if, if he had. If he didn't react to it at all, it's definitely there. Mm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But I think that he just came out and said that, like, of the thirty-something reveals that he's involved with, he has reacted to like eleven of them on Twitter already. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's now he's he's done the opposite. Instead of you scrutinizing what he doesn't respond to, he's triggered everyone to you know start to scrutinize and and mm-hmm. contemplate what he has responded to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Jihoff's Twitter right now, and I may have seen the best image I've ever seen in my life. Oh no, on there, <laughs> it's the best. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so it's been so crazy in the news department here. We've been like kind of struggling to find stuff to gather together. Like there's plenty of news, but there's not like any of the big stuff that you'd normally see trickling through the week. Yeah. And it's just like the whole games industry is just collectively holding its breath yeah. for uh for next week. Um <laughs> It's usually you know, the case before a big event is like it's mm-hmm. just very quiet because nobody wants to be the one to announce something big right before it gets overshadowed by everything else. Exactly. Especially in this season where like September and October are stacked for releases. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very curious to see what gets announced at Gamescom that has an October, November, December release date. Um, also slightly terrified. So um, right. 
You know, but before we get into games, can we play a little game right here? Can we go around the room and just make a prediction of what we think is going to show up at Gamescom, just so we can huddle back next week and see how wrong all of us are? Hmm. Hmm. I was um, not prepared for this. I was me neither. They'll show uh, off the, the the cyberpunk DLC. <laughs> Golden Eye. Golden Eye for Games Pass. <laughs> Golden Eye for Games Pass. Golden Eye for Games Pass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh Fable, the new Fable thing. Ooh, Fable that's oh. a good one. That's or not whatever's fucking happening, but all right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did you say Fable Dungeons? Fable Legends, right? That was the that was the the like mobile yeah, one was, that got yeah. canceled. Oh yeah, cancel They're yeah. just working on straight. I think they're I think just, just straight, straight up Fable. Fable. And yeah, it's not even actually... like Fable Four. Yeah, because yeah. we're not going to see. I don't think we're going to see Nintendo stuff. No, I don't think so. Probably not. Uh, actually, there's rumors. We, I mean, we record on a Saturday, but there's rumors that tomorrow there's going to be a new Pokemon trailer. Um, so yeah. we'll probably see what will be the future and past forms. Um, so that would be cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think what else Nintendo is really on its way. We're still waiting to hear about what's happening with... Um, um, Advanced Wars right. 1 plus 2, yeah, because that got delayed. Yeah, but it, if I remember right, it wasn't because of, like, development reasons, but more... Oh, it was, like, global issues, world. yeah. yeah. Like they didn't want to launch the same game in the same week that Russia invaded the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, which is respectable. Oh. Like, good on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stalker 2, mm. maybe? Get an, an announcement date? Maybe I, I I don't know where, what the status of the studio is after yeah. they they left Ukraine, right? I think they left Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, we will have a lot to talk about next week. We'll probably oh. like today. We've, we've spent a whole lot of time talking about a few things. Next week, it's just going to be like rapid fire. Like we need to get through all of this. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, I don't think we're going to see anything square. I'll say that. Because Tokyo Game Show is coming up. Yeah, I think so we're not seeing not... the next Marvel character in Avengers. Oh, maybe that garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's or, or that's, that that's Embracer now. That's going to be um, that's leaked. That's going to be the Winter Soldier. Ah, classic. Oh, I thought that was a villain. Barnes. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's Bucky, but yeah, he's, he's he's still the Winter Soldier yeah. even when he's good. He becomes White Wolf for a little bit, if I know my comics right, which I don't. Mm. But you think that they'll finally show us a Last of Us like trailer for the show? Instead, of just, uh, Instead having... of just talking about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and just yeah. one picture, yeah, yeah. All right, well, no, no, there won't, that won't be there, but no. <laughs> uh, let's get into some games that we've been playing in the past week. Rut, do you want to talk about Cursed to Golf? Yeah. Um... Curse to Golf is from probably one of my favorite like indie groups, Thunderful. They're the ones that do um, all the SteamWorld games, which are just delightful if you haven't played them. Um, and Curse to Golf is a golfing roguelike 
roguelike, rogi wogi, rogi wogi, uh, wogi. Yeah. Even I forget the rule. Uh, it's a rogi wogi bogey. Rogi wogi, but well played. Well played. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's, I mean, it's it's what you would expect from a roguelike um, type game. Uh, music's delightful, like, and it's so it's just it's so the music is so good. Uh, I left it open in the background while I was doing SEO stuff this morning for like two hours. <laughs> just had it run in the background. It was just nice background music. Um, but the gameplay is 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 really solid um, in terms of you know you've got a set number of strokes to get to the end of the level or you have to start over. Um, so it's it's basically it's golf with cards to where you can power up your shots and the levels are like unique and kind of twisting and turning in certain ways that like you can really only get to some things by using some of the power up cards. Um, like I think the best example is there's on some maps, there's like teleporters. So you go through the teleporter, it takes you further down the, the level. Um, and for some of them, the only way to do it is to hit like a line drive and then use a direction reverse card to go past it and then shoot up into it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that aspect that there's a bit of a puzzle like, okay, I'm going to look ahead. How am I going to get here to blow up this TNT and drop down this hole to proceed a little faster? Um, and it's not easy. It No. It is very difficult. And from what I understand, I think the farthest I've made it is seven holes so far. Um you've got to get through all 18 to beat the game in one run in one run. And it is a, it's a slog, but you can leave and come back. Like you don't have to do it all. God, that would take like eight straight hours. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you've got to like plan out. You've got to be careful with your card usage. Um, And it's just, it's very clever. I think Mm. if you enjoy Rogi Wogis, you enjoy kind of golf-esque aspects to a game. Um, and you're looking for something that you can sit down, play for a little bit, or play for a lot of it. This is definitely one worth picking up. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been playing a little bit of it too. And I, I definitely echo that idea that's very hard. Like, I still have not beaten the first boss, which is at hole five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I, I don't even think of it as a golf game in a way. I feel like golf is just the vehicle for a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not a golf game. Um, I, I think maybe the thing I'm struggling the most with it is that it um, it has like, you know, you can zoom out to see the whole map and pan around to kind of plan your shots. But then when you're actually in the middle of like doing the shot, you can't really zoom out much. And the field mm-hmm. of view is very narrow. So when you're using like a driver, you're, you're kind of, you know, like, you know, you're going to hit it. And then, and then God will take care of the rest, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you'll kind of see what happens after that. And you can kind of make a really good educated guess by like zooming out before. But like when you're trying to figure out the arc of your shot, it can feel like a guessing game, which makes it feel a little arbitrary. Yep. But otherwise, I do think, yeah, it's a very clever game. It's very like there's smart ways to use the different power ups, like where at first, you know, you see you read the power up like scattershot. And you're like, which like, so in the middle of the air, you can detonate your ball into three separate balls. Mm-hmm. And at first you think, oh, okay, I mean, that seems kind of neat. But then when you like actually use it in a level, you kind of understand like, like there's one level I played where it's like a, a 
really long fall. And then at the bottom of it are two directions to go. And I very much wanted one of the directions, but you know, there's so many obstacles in the way that you're, it's almost like playing pinball. You can't really plan how it's going to fall. But if you scatter shot, you know, one of those balls is probably going to land in the direction you want to go and you follow that. And that's your, that's one stroke down. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. De- it's definitely challenging and, and you do kind of have to try and plan ahead as best as you can. Um, because yeah, you've got the stroke limit, so you can't just take multiple shots trying to get somewhere. Like you've got to typically nail it in that first or second shot or you're, you're going to be in trouble. And there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the statues kind of, there's these little statues scattered throughout that you can hit to get more strokes. So you can kind of plan around that a bit, but, um, I think I'm, I'm on run like 14 or so, and I'm still like figuring things out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a charming it's little game though. Yeah. Would recommend it. It's very cute, but also very, very challenging. Uh, stretch. You've been hacking our souls. I've been deep in, deep into the JRPG grind. Um, mm. this is your yeah, I've been checking out. Yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Soul Hackers 2. Uh, I think it's the full... T- well, no, there was the Shin Megami Tensei Soul Hackers. This one's just going to be called Soul Hackers 2. Um, if you're a fan of SMT, if you're a fan of Persona, you know, you'll you'll enjoy checking this game out. Um, my review went up last week. The game itself comes out on the 24th. Um, it's but this it's a Friday really, of the show. Right? Is that Friday? Is it Friday? Or is it Wednesday? No, it's a Wednesday. It's like this one. Thursday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's the 24th. <laughs> it's this week. Yeah. It comes out this week. It's someday um, of the week. But yeah, it's a it's a really fun. It's if you mixed like the the digital elements of future society with demon summoning and a big fuck off JRPG plotline. Um kind of this is what you get. Um, it's a really cool game um, in that each of the party members that you have very much fills the anime archetype. Like, you know, it's a it's a SMT game, so you've got to build the party, you've got to summon demons to do battles to try to stop a big world-ending threat occurring. Um, but uh, the relationship that each of your party members has with the main antagonist is really interesting and unique. A lot of them fall into kind of archetypal, uh, you know, archetypal formula. You've got the one person who is on the like rival devil summoner team. And there it's like always been about head to head competition. Um, One of your party members was, uh, you know, freelance devil summoner that didn't work on either side, but got, caught up in the middle of the battles and lost a lot Mm -hmm. and then the third one is a you know is an ex-lover of the main antagonist as well so it it takes archetypes that you are familiar with but then in the way that they play off each other um or even as you watch each character come to the kind of the the breaking point of like what they feel they can and cannot do um, either if it's directly against this main antagonistic force or even in amongst the group. Um, 
they did a really fantastic job fleshing out those characters. Um, the storyline is, you know, fun and and bombastic and large scale. The world is really fun and good looking. The biggest issue that I have with the game is with the the main um, companion dungeon system. As mm-hmm. you play, you can make choices that will increase the soul level with different characters. There's kind of like the your affinity with them, um, but it's very easy to get to the final floor like in in a single playthrough you're just working with the three of them each time it like gives you the options it will tell you whose affinity what option will increase and how much buy so unlike you know persona where it's a bit of like a a question mark as to when you can or cannot like rank up with people um instead this is like oh yeah this is you know if you say this this is going to improve their soul level with you by eight points Oh, and that becomes three. That becomes three separate, like optional dungeons, one for each of your party members, um, and they are absolute copy paste, like generic digital looking blue black blue backdrop labyrinth like moving through floor systems, random encounters getting through the first or second floor is like, okay, well, I can kind of see where I need to go so I can know where the wrong path is, the right path is. But then you get into like, oh, it'll, you know, there'll be teleporters everywhere and you need to Mm -hmm. teleport randomly your way around. And like one of the characters' fourth floors is like one teleporter will take you to the correct spot and every other teleporter will just teleport you about a 30-second walk further back from where you are. Um, and it just it goes from being like a very good way to allow you to have more progression with the characters understand more of their backstory and get some extra battles in so that you don't have to do like forced grinding as much but it's such a thin veneer um, and you know there'd be times I'd you know spend maybe two or three hours working Mm. through a single floor to get maybe two minutes worth of story related cutscene or, or relationship deepening cutscene. And then it's like, okay, the next floor is open. And then it's just a bigger, larger dungeon that looks the exact fucking same. Mm. And it's also through those dungeons that your characters will get like their most powerful abilities. So you're really incentivized to do it. Yeah. Mm. Um, And completing the whole game. And I did like, I mostly 100% completed it. Completing the whole game took me about 75 hours um, and probably a good 30, 40% of that. And this is probably me lowballing it was trudging through monotonous, samey looking optional dungeon. Oof. It kind of sounds like it reminds me of uh, Tartarus from Persona 3. Yeah. Like randomly generated, yeah, samey walls. Yeah, it's very similar with like Tartarus and with Mementos and the Labyrinth from Shin Megami Tensei 3 as well. Mm. Um, But just imagine if there was no difference between any floors and it was just an ever expanse of like blue. (laughs) 
<laughs> like okay. they didn't even like give it like a one is blue one is red one is green for each of the three characters no that'd be too much it's in the budget just, it's just a blue dungeon like people wow. are gonna people are going to physically lose sleep because of how much blue light will be entering their <laughs> eyes <laughs> can i ask how is the combat how does that feel compared to like say you know a persona or shin Megami five combat is excellent um mm. It, it takes it that step further from Persona that every character, you can pick and choose what demon you want them to have. Um, those abilities that I was mentioning that you would go through the Soul Dungeon for, it does slightly tilt different characters into different affinities. Um, like, you know, whether one person might get an added bonus if they do fire damage. But you can also equip the characters themselves later with items that just like always allow them to have a fire attack on hand. Mm. Um, so the the freedom to mix and match and fuse demons and just build up your party in whatever way possible, I loved. It's got the same damage system um, as Persona. Um, it does have a neat feature that every time you strike an enemy's weakness or later on when you get these extra abilities, you build up a stack and then at the end of every turn, that stack gets spent and it does damage to everyone. So it really does promote and push the idea of playing strategically. Like, yeah, I can, I have a really powerful demon that has all of these fire abilities, but to get that extra attack off that will hit every enemy, it's worth it to to swap to an ice creature and deal an like a quick ice attack for mm. that for that bonus. Gotcha. The combat like they fucked with the least, but it was it was amazing. It was perfect. It was a lot of fun. Mm. I mean, I feel like you don't have to do much to make that Shin Megami Persona combat to be really engaging because you know the baseline yeah. of it is still pretty strong, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an absolute blast. It's like I, you know, I will talk a lot about how that like I wish that they did more with that dungeon. But what was done did save me from just like having to run in a circle in a dungeon later on to build up experience. So it did give that that false sense of progression. Um, but it was really fun. I had a blast. Um, as nice. I said, I've like nearly one hundred percent completed it. So, yeah, you know, and that's, I don't do on, that for that's on everything, that is, right? Or just switch. No, I played it on PC. Um, I believe it's on PC, Xbox and PlayStation. I don't think it's on switch. Oh, no switch. OK, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, that's Soul Hackers 2. Maybe get it while you're waiting for Persona 6 news, because you know you're gonna be a while gonna take yeah. some time <laughs> it'll take your time yes indeed oh you can oh. if you pre-order the game you do get outfits that make all of your characters look like the phantom thieves from persona 5 so if you uh, want to just like uh, get some good old copium and pretend that you're playing a new uh persona 5 game then yeah that'll work yeah this is persona 5 too really <laughs> kind of uh i've been getting in the driver's seat been room rooming around and i've been playing gran turismo 7 because it was recently on sale on playstation and i kind of felt that you know that nintendo feeling of this these playstation games never go on sale at least something like gran turismo so i decided to pick it up 
And now you learned what? No. <laughs> <laughs> it has uh, been a minute since I've played a GT game because last time I did, I was a child and I don't even remember which one I played. Um, but it was like an old like PS2 one, I think. <laughs> and uh, man, this uh, I've, I have not played a game so up its own ass in such a long time. <laughs> this game is so... <laughs> prestigious and and sophisticated wow. you know um mm. it's it, it it opens up with like you play a round of the music rally thing which is like they play a song you just see how much distance you can travel like how many laps you can do in this course basically until the song ends and it's like their way to like be okay like here you know get a taste of the game get a taste of like it's easy yeah. like this is an easy track you know you just kind of hold the accelerator and turn when you need to and just kind of vibe it, feel it, you know, dance the music. And uh, that's their like tutorial kind of, or not tutorial really, but they're, you know, they get a taste. And then when you're done, you exit it. And then it plays a 10 minute video ish. It's probably longer than like, it's, it's maybe like six to seven minutes. It's not that long, but it, it plays historical footage of like, of it, like it's it's not just car history, history like cars no it's not just cars charlie chaplin's in it elvis presley is in this thing i'm pretty sure there was a oh, shot of like michael jordan doing a dunk it plays just like the history of the human experience kind of stuff set to classical music well like their own take on classical music for like half of it and then it hard shifts into like vroom vroom modern day car like sports cars vroom, vroom, and like butt rock playing and like it's you know, it, it's so weird. I don't know yet what Charlie Chaplin has to do with a Porsche, but I'm excited to find out maybe. But that whole experience just felt Ooh. very like, this is Grand Turismo so 7. This is the most prestigious racing game on the planet. You know, it just uh, it felt so Whoa. grandiose. How is how is the car handling? Because I'm sure that that's what you would hope would be the, the less up itself. It, it's fine. It, it plays fine. It's a little more. <laughs> it's a little more uh, heavy than I think Forza feels. Because uh, you know Forza is it, it leans a little more arcadey than the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. So th well, this does for feel Horizon heavy. though, right? Isn't uh, Motorsport for, also yeah. like? pretty simple not maybe not as far up as on ass but it's still also like we're going for super realism yeah that's true and and i guess there's a reason i've gravitated more to horizon than yeah. motorsport so this gt game is like i guess dipping into the motorsport part of it and i think i'm liking the racing part of it more than i thought um because it does feel kind of nice but it's also very like uh like it's pretty hardcore like the you know the, like to complete a track there are some things where it's like you know if you do it in this time it's gold this time silver and that time is bronze and it's really just a couple of seconds between them so it's really like a matter of if you not even fuck up a turn but if you just don't do this turn like precisely and perfectly you're not going to make the gold you know so it is really like training you to be a really good driver in the game which i mean makes sense right um i did find it odd though that like maybe this is a series staple and everyone who's a big fan of the games are like it's this is how it's always been and we like it um for a game that is a very popular playstation franchise and takes its racing very seriously and history of racing and history of cars and all of history this stuff of man 
yeah, history of Charlie Chaplin. Um, there's no voice acting and a lot of text. Huh. And it, it's just a picture of a person in a little circle. And oh, they yeah. don't even emote or move their face or anything. It's just it's just a, a headshot. It's like talking hmm. to a customer service representative on a chat. Yeah. And then they're just like, <laughs> it's like, hello, we, we would like you to collect three European style hot hatches or something. And then after you collect them, they're like, oh, here's the history of hot hatches. And it's, it's still just text on the screen. No one's voicing it or anything. And it just weird. I don't know. I mean, like in some ways it's like, this is probably the most comprehensive car education, car history education I've ever gotten so far. But, but did you want that? I mean, I, I bought a Gran Turismo game. I kind of knew what I was getting into. That's I didn't true. expect it to be packaged <laughs> in such a like hoity-toity kind of way. But it is, you know, it's, it's a lot of car education. It's just interesting that it's like no voice acting at all, you know, which like not that it has to have it, but something this big just kind of feels like a, a miss. Hey, you could shell out a little bit of budget for some voiceover. Yeah. Uh, come on, man. I mean, for... Not to not to reveal my fanboyism too much, but kind of that that hoity toitiness is pretty consistent throughout a lot of Sony's marketing in general as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, it makes sense that it would be present in in what is already like a niche simulation game. Yeah, I mean, just for comparison, right? Like I just described how GT Seven opens, Forza Horizon opens with you gunning it in a Senna at 212 miles per hour down a fucking desert. And then when you cross the finish line, they put you in a Ford Bronco and airdrop you off the side of a, an erupting volcano. So you yep. can just race down it. And it's like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is Forza fun. Horizon this is has the sickest intros. <laughs> yeah. And so like you compare that with you play around a music rally and then watch a video. It's def- it, it sets a very different tone. Right. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder once we do get back to like Forza Motorsport, um, what we're going to see changes in that as well. The mm-hmm. shift in the landscape. Yeah, because I mean they're they're rebranding Motorsport, right? Like, aren't they doing like a reboot, a soft reboot kind of thing? Like, it's not going to be Motorsport Eight. I don't. I don't. I don't pay enough attention <laughs> to racing simulators. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know i I think i'm glad that i have because i've been wondering that for a long time i think i remember when uh gt7 was coming out we were talking about forza for a while my mind was like man i think it'd be pretty cool to play a racing game but feel that dual sense controller in your hands right i yeah i don't think it's worth that figuring out the answer to that um i mean the trigger the triggers do like you know give you resistance and it does feel kind of nice but i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's like you know, $70 racing game experience nice enough, right? Like, I think at that point, like, if you really are in for the haptics and the feedback, you probably already own the, the chair and the oh, rig and the, the racing yeah. wheel and all of that stuff. So, this is, yeah. The dual, the dual sense is like the, the dipping your toe in the water of haptic feedback peripherals. You're not about to get, like, the the bulletproof sound vest that will like vibrate with music and games to to no. truly immerse you yeah i want to feel every car crash you know and yeah, nothing's oh, really gosh. touched astrobot in terms of the dual sense coolness no it's just unfortunate 
Yeah, yeah that's like, I mean, that's like saying that nothing did iToy as well as iToy did. It's like, yeah, it was designed specifically to well, sure to show off those features, and it's going to be. To be fair, be I think what the DualSense has in it is a little more like can play into more games than the iToy. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. probably. Yeah, I guess that's correct. Hey, uh, well then, how about I don't know, Connect Adventures? There were other games that did connect well. Yeah, like the Dragon Ball Connect. And oh, Star Wars Connect. They made that. Star Wars Connect did it fantastically. You shut the hell up. <laughs> Star Wars are Connect you, was perfect. Are you Han Solo? <laughs> I, I've got a copy of that somewhere. Like it didn't even run because I bought it in the U.S. It didn't even run on my um, on my European Xbox 360, but I, I wanted to purchase it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to like say anything too bad because I know GT like Gran Turismo. Like, there's a lot of big fans of it there, and I know it's like done a lot for like the racing game community and all. So I think I just I'm learning that GT seven may not be my bag. I think I'm maybe too much of a casual and enjoy mm -hmm. the volcano driving of a Forza uh, horizon than a super serious cornering just right sort of game like Gran Turismo. But mm -hmm. it's nice to know that now, you know? Yeah. And now yeah. you know now you know the history of mankind. So that double benefit. Yeah, now we know true. that not only is Rut a beta, but Scrappy is also a beta. Yes. How Indeed. great would it have been in that that video if they had just had like they had edited in like various Gran Turismo cars in like the background, <laughs> like Michael George is dunking and there's a car just in the crowd, and or like he lands in the car and drives yeah. off. <laughs> We've been there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the tech rapper podcast hope you enjoyed and if you did please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on it would really help us out a lot or share it with a friend let them know and, and enjoy the the wonderful video game discussions we have uh and let us know down below what do you think about the embracer group taking over all of your favorite hobbitses and lord of the Ringses? are you are you excited or are you worried or do you do you not care let us know down below. Um, if you would like more from us at TechRaptor, uh, we're always publishing news, reviews, and features, and so on at TechRaptor.net. But if you want more of this show, we will be back next Monday, probably with a lot of Gamescom news. We'll see you then. Thank you.